Hello and welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insights podcast series. I'm Alison Hill, State Chief Investment Officer at QIC, and each week we invite our listeners to take 10 and to get an update on economics, markets and other topics of interest for institutional investors. Each podcast I'm joined by QIC's Chief Economist, Dr Matthew Peter. Good morning, Matthew. Morning, Alison. Matthew, this week we saw the official quarterly inflation data released for Australia. The headline is probably one that I think would please the RBA, but there's always a bit of devil in the detail. Anything you think that's worthy of noting in the underlying data? Well, yes. I mean, uh, prices are still rising at a pretty solid clip, a 7% annual growth rate in inflation. So unfortunately, the cost of living pressure is still being felt by most households. But as you pointed out, the good news in some sense is the pace of those price rises is falling. Inflation, the rate of inflation is down by almost a percentage point from the debt quarter, although I will again point out that's cold comfort for for most people who are now paying 7% higher prices than a year ago rather than 7.8%. Indeed, but, you know, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't feel that different right now, but you know, at least it's heading in the right direction. Well, and that's the interesting thing because, you know, we as consumers are more sort of centred on the price level, whereas the RBA and economists like myself are sort of more centred on the rate of price increase. And that coming down is what's important in terms of getting the RBA contemplating the end to its rate hike cycle. Now, the problem there is, as you alluded to, really, the, the devil is in the detail now. And you know, does this fall in the rate of inflation mean the RBA is at the end of its tightening cycle? And, and my guess is no, it's not. I'm afraid not. And no. the reason for this is when you look at the detail, Alison, that headline rate has been driven lower by falls in the prices of petrol, the, the cost of new houses, and, and the fall in goods prices more generally. Now, petrol prices have sort of bottomed out new house prices, which is reflecting more cost of construction, are still on the way down, but we've seen strong labour, uh, strong housing market, I should say, which may put a flaw to that as well. And even though goods prices are falling because of, you know, generally speaking, you know, the um, the uh, opening up of economies globally, the end of uh, supply cons- supply side constraints is pushing those prices down. The fall in those goods prices has really been offset by rises in the prices of services mm. and t- and particularly, you know, those big lumpy services like rent, insurance, health services, education, energy, they're all going up. And unfortunately, those prices look like they're going to continue to go up for uh, over the remainder of the year. For example, you know, energy prices, electricity. We've just seen the Australian Energy Regulator. They've come out and released their draft price determination, which is their price setting for the second half of the year. And they're flagging another 20% increase in energy prices to come. And they'll be passed on to us, the consumer, through the form of higher electricity prices predominantly, but also gas prices in the second half of the year. And also, when you think and look at migration, look at the boom in migration, that's still yet to peak that migration intake. And so that's putting a lot of pressure on the cost of new houses, but also on rents. Now, when you think about what the RBA is, has been saying to us, particularly since it's March, uh, it's April meeting, I should say, it's communication. It's saying what we're going to look at is what's happening at the labour market, what's happening to inflation, 
and what's happening to population pressures due to migration. Now, we've had the data on the labour market. It boomed in March. Inflation, whilst it's coming down, it's gradual. It's actually in line with the RBA forecasts, which are consistent with another rate hike, actually. And migration's still booming, as I said. So I think, unfortunately, they're going to go 25 basis points next week. That's our our uh, forecast. Well, interesting, Matt. And look, I would tend to agree with you, although the markets have really discounted the fact that they're going to go again um, next week. Um, they really, there's a very low probability that they're going to raise again, which I do think is really interesting. I mean, while inflation has come down, it's still not under control. It's still at very elevated levels. And you know, indeed, Australian inflation is now above where we're looking at, you know, inflation in the US, for example, but people are still very comfortable there'll be a, another rate hike in the US. So it, it does seem an interesting sort of juxtaposition that we're, we're, we seem to be done in Australia, even though inflation is not yet, um, at, you know, the RBA's target of two and a half percent. Yeah, I mean, it's line ball. The fact that they paused their last meeting and you have got inflation coming down, core inflation was down uh, a little bit um more in terms of relative to expectations and than headline, they they may well pause. But I, looking at those inflation numbers, Alison, I agree with you. Even if they pause next week, I think you're still in for another 25 basis point rate hike down the track. Mm-hmm. Now I know, apart from monetary policy and interest rates, another key input into markets, uh, one that you're being particularly tracking, and one that's really important for people looking at you know, what's happening to their super returns and everything, because this variable affects equities, and that's company earnings. And we've uh, now at the business end of the reporting season of the US S&P 500, the major equity index there. Uh, So what are the data on US corporate profits telling us? uh, Yeah, it's been a really big week for earnings, as as you've called out, about 40% of the S&P 500's reported this week. And by and large, it's been pretty positive. So for the companies that have released to date, 63% of companies have beaten expectations, which is a pretty strong result, notwithstanding the fact that I think analysts over the last six months have perhaps massaged expectations down a little. As they always do. As they always do, you know. Always a good way to run a run, a, run an occupation is to massage out the expectations and then beat them. But uh, <laughs> but you know, look, it's been a really strong set of results. The, the major US banks, in particular, have released you know strong strong profit results. And in particular of note is the ongoing profitability of the US tech sector, particularly the large US tech sector. So strong results from Alphabet, Meta. Overnight, we had Intel and uh, Microsoft and Amazon. You know, some really strong numbers. So that has actually you know been a positive for the market. But despite the fact that, you know, in general, um, the results have been pretty good, the market's been reasonably flat. And I think that that is because it's sort of balancing this juxtaposition of, okay, earnings might be sort of coming along okay, but are we seeing signs of the US economy slowing? And very shortly, I'm going to ask you a a question about the US economy slowing. So I think there was some GDP data out, but I did just want to... um, touch base on a couple of notable, notable results. Well, a couple of things that I thought were interesting. Firstly, Tesla, certainly one of the big tech companies, only had a slight miss on its numbers. But what it did do is come out and cut its prices in the US by 10% for its cars, um, really to try and make sure that it can be one of the cheaper models or below the average cost in the market and really try and stimulate demand. So it is seeing some margin compression there um, in order to maintain those earnings. Um, so quite a big company and I think notable from that regard. The other one that's capturing the headlines is 
is a company we talked about a little while, a couple of weeks ago with First Republic, uh, one of the US regional banks, and it has had its share price absolutely carted out this week um, after it released its profit results and it announced that it you know, had lost $100 billion in deposited funds and the fact that it was always going to have to sell some of its longer-term holdings in order to pay um, you know, or maintain liquidity, which is going to have to take mark-to-mark losses on those, on those securities as well. So bank could be a little bit shaky, but what I think is also important to note is that the, the, the regulator commentary has been quite strong um, and the other US regional banks um, have held up reasonably well. Their deposit bases seem to be reasonably steady and their profits seem to be reasonably okay. And the, and the banking sector index, index, the regional banking sector index, was only down by a few percent over the week. So by and large, I think that's a, a positive story for the for the sector, but First Republic itself is 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 looking a little shaky at this time. You're listening to Alison Hill and QIC's Take 10 podcast where I'm discussing markets and economics with Dr. Matthew Peter. So on to that US GDP number, Matt, what did you think? Yeah, well, Q1 GDP in the US was underwhelming, 1.1% against expectations of sort of a trend like 1.9%. And of course, Alison, that's before the fallout from the banking crisis is hit. Remember, that's uh, data up to March. Uh, US, it looks like it's heading to a recession in the second half of the year. But on the other side, on the price side, the, the inflation data that we got out accompanying the GDP data shows the core inflation's actually ticked up. It's running at about 4.9%. And it's had trouble breaking lower than that for almost a year now in the US economy. So the Fed is still looking at really quite elevated inflation rates, sticky inflation rates, moving into a recessionary environment. Which way do they jump? Well, markets saying they're going to raise rates by another 25 basis points. We agree. So to your point about, you know, how that how that's looking in terms of the feedback loop uh, into equities in particular, um, even though the earnings numbers were sort of on the bright side, you're moving into a recession with interest rates still going up and inflation high. That can't be good news in my opinion. So, no, look, I, um, I tend to agree, Matt, and I don't think that the market's really yet pricing that recession risk, but the Fed itself actually for the first time came out and admitted its central case now is a recession for the US. So, you know, it is a pretty tricky and a bit of a dilemma for the Fed there. Matt, thank you very much for joining me again this week. And thanks also to our listeners for taking 10.